Hey there, Daphne here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to personally invite you to my brand new masterclass called Three Expert Secrets to a PCOS Weight Loss Plan That Actually Works. In this training, I'm going to share the exact strategies my clients are currently using to lose anywhere from 10 to over 100 pounds, as well as reduce PCOS symptoms. This training is totally free, loaded with value, and I'm also going to answer all of your questions live at the end of the session. To save your spot, I want you to go to daphnachazen.com forward slash masterclass, daphnachazen.com forward slash masterclass, and choose a time that works for your schedule. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Slim and Satisfied podcast. I'm your host, Daphna Chazen, and today is episode number 42, and we're going to talk about the basics. My question to you today is, are you doing the basics? And I'm going to explain what all of this means today on this episode, but I want you to really take a pen and paper, sit down, concentrate, because this episode is important. It's very important, especially if you're someone who's struggling to find the right plan, the right weight loss approach, and you've tried different things, you find that you're not seeing the right results, and maybe you're feeling a little stuck. If this is you, today's episode is going to hopefully help clarify some things for you, help you get a direction and get started with something that's going to be effective for your body. I'm going to jump right in in just a minute, but before I do that, I want to ask you one more question. Are you subscribed to this podcast? If the answer is no, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It only takes a second and it's going to make sure that you get notified every time I release a new podcast episode. And also, if you've been enjoying it, if you find it helpful, if you've gained some knowledge and some benefits out of the information that I share on the podcast, would you please write me a review? I would really appreciate it. And it's also going to help more women like you find the show, and start reaping some of the benefits. So if you would please take a few minutes to write a review, leave some comments, leave some thoughts on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, I'd truly appreciate it. All right, let's get into talking about the basics. And we'll be talking about really what it means to do the basics for a healthy body and for weight loss with PCOS. And again, I want you to use this episode as a reality check to really ask yourself, am I doing these things for real every single day, even when I don't feel like it? This can be very, very eye-opening. This question is something that brings a lot of thoughts, a lot of maybe even emotions that are not positive, and that is okay because this is the point where I want you to really look deep, 
dig deeper into your soul, into your heart, and find out whether or not you're doing the things that you need to be doing in order to get healthier. Some of them are gonna seem basic. You may know them, but are you doing them? That is the bigger question here. Now, I hope that you know I'm not asking you to ask yourself this question in order to make you feel bad or inadequate, not at all, the opposite. I'm actually doing this to give you a sense of direction and point out the starting point of your journey. If you're struggling to find a good place to start, and many women that I speak to do, this will hopefully help clarify the direction that you need to go in in order to start seeing results. And I think part of the reason why some women feel lost or they're not sure how to get started is because these days, I'm gonna say it's probably the easiest and toughest time to get healthy. And I know I just said two totally contradicting things. So let me explain. I truly feel that right now where we are with social media and online information, all of that could really be both a blessing and a curse at the same time. Now, obviously it's a blessing because it makes information more accessible. And when we're talking about information, I'm talking both both about credible and crappy information, right? So it makes everything accessible. We can pretty much Google anything and find thousands of pages, videos, resources, articles, and advice right there for free on the web. So things are definitely more easily available to us. I think it's safe to assume that we've all attended YouTube University for free and learned pretty much anything there with video tutorials and all of that kind of stuff. And I can get answers to any of my questions, health-related or otherwise, within seconds, right? So that's a good thing, right? But the thing is, not all answers are good and not all answers are accurate. And certainly not all the information that you read online is credible and put out by true experts. So that's the curse part. But I'm gonna say that the average woman who wants to solve a problem like you and me is going to gather information over time and try to implement it as best as she could because she wants to see results, right? So whether or not I can guarantee someone is a credible source or a true expert, doesn't really matter. And we know from studies that people actually listen to advice that they read online more closely and they act upon it more quickly compared to advice they get from their doctor. Isn't that amazing? So when I read this, I was shocked because doctors used to be seen as the ultimate authority, right? So if your doctor told you to do something, you would do it right away. Whereas today, people are not so quick to follow their doctor's advice. They're gonna double check, they're gonna cross-reference, they're gonna go online, they're gonna go on social media and do their own research. And I think that's a great thing. However, it can get a little tricky sometimes Again, because not all information is credible and because not all experts are true experts, it's harder to tell online what are someone's true qualifications and credentials for that matter. So like I said, there's definitely good, bad, and ugly within the online space and the resources and information that we get on the internet. And I think that's why so many women get stuck in inaction. Because if you're someone who goes online, you spend your day, maybe some part of your day, hopefully not your entire day, but reading and engaging with posts and comments and watching videos and reading articles, you're likely both informed 
and confused at the same time. So again, I think this is where many women get stuck or they start their journey at the wrong spot because they're overloaded with information, they consumed too much knowledge or of varying quality, like I said, not all of it is good quality knowledge, and it all comes from online, so we get pulled in again and again into these rabbit holes of social media and reading blogs and reading articles, watching videos, and many of the women that I talk to find themselves in complete overwhelm and even a little bit of paralysis by analysis at the end of the day. You've consumed so much information, you read all the things, you're trying to process how this may fit into your own life, and you're just not sure. You're totally confused. So while I like the idea of knowing your options, having the freedom to search any advice or info that you want, and really finding plans and approaches that work for you, I want to caution you and say, just be careful because you may find yourself very confused and as a result, you may feel like you're not doing enough or that you don't know where to start. So I see this all the time where women come to me and they say, I think I'm not exercising enough or I think I'm not doing the right type of exercise or I'm not using clean beauty products. Could that be a part of why my hormones are out of whack? Or maybe I'm not taking this supplement. Should I be taking it? How can, what can I take to um, help with ovulation or to bring my period back? Or I'm not journaling or I'm not meditating every single day. Maybe I'm not taking good care of myself, right? So these are all things that I can immediately tell you saw this online, you saw this on social media, this is what you think healthy people are doing because that's what they're showing you on their feeds. And by the way, as you can tell, I'm getting really passionate about this because all of the things that I just mentioned, supplements, exercise, things like journaling, are actually ones that you don't need to be doing when you're just starting out. You do not need to be journaling or meditating to see results. So this is why I get on this soapbox because many women get the wrong impression, right? So if you're feeling stuck, if you don't know where to start, I can guarantee you journaling and meditating is not where you need to be. I know this for a fact because I don't meditate or journal and neither do many of my clients and many of them, most of them are well on their way to meeting their health goals without any of these things. So the things that I mentioned that I hear about like supplements and journaling and all these you know, clean beauty products and self-care and all of those things, they're important, they're helpful, they can definitely make a difference but they are not foundational. They are not the basics. These are not the things that someone who's just getting started and feels confused needs to worry about. So we kind of get a very skewed sense of what it means to be healthy, what are some of the practices that healthy people use, and for a lot of us, it just shines this very bright light on everything that we're not doing. And that's definitely not going to be conducive to me or you feeling motivated to take action and, and get healthy. So if I'm constantly exposed to information like this, it may actually make me feel like what I want is not attainable because I can't do the things that I see other people do. Do you see what I'm saying? Hopefully you understand, hopefully it makes sense, but, and you may feel differently. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this. So shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm at PCOS Nutritionist Daphna or 
email me. My contact details are going to be in the show notes below. So I'd love, love, love to hear what you think about this, but this is how I feel about it. So I told you a little bit about why I wanted to discuss the basics. I really encourage you to stick with the basics and to keep things very, very simple if just starting out. For the vast majority of women, this will be enough to get you results, whether that's some weight loss or feeling less tired, fitting better in your clothes. These are all things that you could start seeing if you're doing the basics. And certainly you should be reducing PCOS symptoms. So if you're managing things like acne, anxiety, poor sleep, greasy hair, all the things that we see right along with PCOS, the basics can improve many, if not all of them. I'm not saying they're gonna go away. It's not gonna cure anything. I don't like to use this term, but it can certainly make those symptoms less pronounced. It can make them less visible. It can make you feel better and it can improve your quality of life. So let's talk about what the basics actually are. And I've divided this into three categories. So I'm gonna tell you a few basics as far as diet, mindset and behavior because these are the three pillars of healthy eating and healthy living in general. So I really believe all three of these things have to be in place in order for your wheels to get in motion as far as getting healthy, losing weight, using all of this information together is gonna give you a greater benefit than just doing a random thing here and there, okay? So there's definitely a benefit in a more comprehensive approach to this, but again, keeping it super basic, super simple. Diet is the first one I wanna talk about, and the first basic is clean up the junk. I'm talking about removing processed items from your diet, prepackaged foods, foods that have a lot of ingredients. I want you to really pay attention to where your food is coming from. Most of the things that you eat in your day should be unprocessed. That means they only contain one ingredient. So when you think about vegetables or fish or chicken or eggs, these are minimally processed items, right? They're not really processed at all. And this is what the majority of your food in the day should be like. This is what the foundation of your diet really needs to be. Very little processed foods, very few foods that come from the middle of the stores, right? The middle aisles, most of the healthy foods are going to be in the perimeter of the store. So you want as little prepackaged foods, as few boxes in your shopping cart as possible, and as much fresh, perishable food that you're stocking up on every single week. That's going to ensure that your plan is cleaned up and that you're not eating too much junk. The other thing is high sugar items. So this is part of cleaning things up a little bit. Sugar is probably one of the main drivers for PCOS symptoms because it increases insulin. It's gonna require your body to release more insulin increase your blood sugar, and then that just feeds into a lot of different symptoms of PCOS. So I want you to really read labels, pay very close attention to what's going on, what goes into your food. So high sugar items, things like baked goods, and of course snacks and cookies and all of that kind of stuff, it's not to say that you'll never eat it, but I don't want you to bring those items into your personal space. And your personal space is really anywhere you spend time. So it could even be your car, your office desk, of course your pantry, your purse for that matter. These are all places that should be healthy and safe as far as food options. Don't bring too many triggers and temptations, especially if they're high sugar food, 
into your environment. Very basic. The next thing I'm going to say about diet is eat when you're truly hungry. This is really important because I want you to be managing your appetite proactively throughout the day. So you should never be getting too hungry. You want to time your meals so that your appetite stays under control. And you do that by incorporating protein and fiber into your meals, into every single meal. Protein and fiber are the two nutrients that we know for sure help people feel more full. So you want to have them at every single meal. And if you need ideas on how to do this, I want you to go check out my PCOS proof kitchen guide because there's a wonderful four day meal plan in there that will show you exactly how to do this. So go to DaphnaChazen.com forward slash PCOS plan and you can check out the recipes and meal plan over there. But The idea that protein and fiber need to be in every single meal may be new to some of you. And that's a very basic thing that I'd like you to practice every single day. That's going to help with appetite management. It's going to make sure that you're not becoming excessively hungry. And if you want to take it a step further, I'd suggest you use a hunger scale. I may have spoken about this in a previous episode, but I'm going to repeat it again here because this is definitely one of the basics. So when I say eat when you're truly hungry, I'm talking about gauging your appetite before you eat and after you eat and making sure that you understand how hungry you are. You're not always going to be hungry for a meal. You may sometimes be hungry just for a snack. You need something to tide you over. Maybe you have only one hour before you're about to eat a meal and you need something very small so that you can take the edge off. That's okay, but you can never know that if you're not in tune with your body. And one way to get in tune with your body is by using a hunger scale. Now, I don't like to use scales that have too many numbers, like I don't want I don't want you to use the ones that are zero to 10. I think that becomes too confusing. So for our purposes, I'd like you to use a scale that goes from minus three to three, with zero being neutral. So if you're at zero, you're not hungry or full, you're just neutral. And ideally, before a meal, you're going to be somewhere around a minus one or minus two, somewhere between maybe minus 1.5. That's where I want you to be before a meal. And then after a meal, you guessed it. You want to be somewhere between a one and a two because three is overly full. Three is you overate, you're stuffed, you're Thanksgiving full, right? You just overdid it. You never want to be at either one of those extremes. So ideally, in a perfect world, you'll be eating when you're between minus two to minus one, and then stop eating when you're at about one, maybe between one and two, but that may also be a little bit too much. So there's an art and a science to this. You have to kind of find your sweet spot as far as appetite. You have to make sure that you're timing your meals properly knowing your hunger, understanding your appetite, and making sure that you're eating when you're truly hungry and not just for recreation is part of the basics. So you can get started practicing using the hunger scale, thinking about it, checking in with your body, adding the protein and fiber, and timing your meals about four hours apart and see how you do. The next basic thing I want you to work on is having vegetables at every single meal. If you're working with me right now, you're probably laughing because you know that this is something I talk about all the time. 
adding more vegetables is by far the best thing that you could do for hormonal balance. It's gonna help reduce your insulin levels. It's gonna add fiber to your day, which can help with estrogen production and elimination. It's gonna help your body do a lot of different things that all together will really help balance your hormones. So what I'd like you to do is think about how you can add non-starchy vegetables very simply into your day. So it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything that takes hours to prepare. But any opportunity that you have, you want to be thinking veggie forward. You want to be thinking about adding those vegetables as long as they're non-starchy. And non-starchy veggies are all vegetables with the exception of corn, peas, and lima beans, and the more starchy type of, you know, um, veggies like winter squashes, and of course, potatoes. But you can prepare any other vegetable any way you'd like. Of course, we don't want them to be fried, but you can grill, roast, saute, or eat them raw. And that's perfectly fine. Make it a habit to do so at every single meal. And the last diet basic, and then I'm going to move on to mindset, is no liquid calories. Liquid calories are something that's usually just sitting on top of your food calories. So when we're talking about liquid calories, it's really any beverage with with calories. So things like soda and juice are obviously not great, but we're also talking about healthier options, things like cold pressed juices, or maybe even kombucha if you're someone who likes kombucha, which I drink myself, but I try to make it as low calorie as possible and I don't do it more than once or twice a week. So make sure that on a daily basis, you're not drinking anything with calories and you're not adding too many liquid calories to beverages like coffee or tea, okay? The only exception to this is protein shakes. So a lot of people like to use protein shakes as a meal replacement and that can work fairly well. I have a guide on how to put together a healthy protein shake that you can check out if you go to daphnachazen.com forward slash shake. I believe you should be able to find it there. If you can't find it, you can shoot me an email and I will send it right over to you. But what you wanna do is make sure that the majority of beverages that you drink in your day are calorie free. Moving on to mindset, I want to talk about three basic things that you have to be thinking or have to be practicing as far as your mindset pretty much every single day. The first one is to let go of all or nothing mentality. This is super important. If you're someone who thinks that just because she had a piece of chocolate, the whole day is shot and you're not going to eat healthy for the rest of the day, this has to be let go of because this is not going to serve you long-term. You're never gonna be able to be perfect. That should never be anyone's goal. So if you're thinking about food as good or bad, or if you're on or off your plan, or all of those types of terms, that usually indicates that someone has all or nothing thinking around health and nutrition, and that's just not realistic. Being perfect is just not a good goal. It's it's a goal that sets you up for failure because nobody can be perfect, especially when it comes to eating. So I would like for you to let go of that and replace it with something that is more focused on just doing your best at every given moment. Every time that you need to make a food decision is an opportunity for you to do better than before. That's how I want you to think about it. And with that, the second basic is be nice to yourself. 
One thing I always like to tell my clients is you want to be nice to yourself because you have to be with yourself 24-7. This is the one person you're constantly with. So if in your head you're beating yourself up, you're very critical of yourself, you're never satisfied with your decisions or your choices around food, that's going to be a tough place to live, right? Your head is going to be a really, really unpleasant place to be. So I really want to encourage you to not engage in negative self-talk too, too much, right? It's almost impossible to fully avoid it, but I want you to really pay close attention to any negative self-talk. Practice self-acceptance. Love yourself now the way you are with your imperfections because it's really hard to take care of yourself if you're not happy, if you don't like who you are, if you feel like a failure, or if you constantly talk negatively to yourself about yourself, it's gonna be really hard for you to take care of yourself, which is really what healthy eating is all about. So negative self-talk is something to get rid of, be nice to yourself, and if you can't go to nice, go to neutral. I spoke about this in a previous episode, but I want to repeat it because this is important. If you cannot be nice to yourself, at least go to neutral. And that means you're not judgmental. You're not casting any judgment on your choices or your behaviors. You're just staying neutral and observing, right? You're observing how you behave, but you're not putting any descriptions on it. You're not adding any narration to it. It's it's not easy to do, but I want you to try. And here's one thing that can help you with this, which is our third mindset basic, and that is ask better questions. I love, love, love this one. I did a post on Instagram about it recently, and I want you to think about this very, very deeply. When you're asking yourself bad questions, your answers are gonna set you up for failure. On the flip side, if you're turning these questions around, making them more positive, making them higher value, they're gonna help you find the answer. They're gonna show you the way, they're gonna point to the direction that you need to go, and that will make you feel unstuck. And when you get unstuck, you start being nicer to yourself, you start doing all the things, you're feeling more motivated. So it's this domino effect that all starts with how you ask yourself questions and what kind of questions are you asking. So for example, if you're constantly saying, why is this so hard? Why can't I lose weight? Why am I not able to figure it out? There's really no good answer to that. There's no answer that you're gonna be like, oh, now I get it, this is why it's so hard. Or I have my aha moment now and I can move on and figure out how to break through this plateau. It doesn't work this way. But on the flip side, if you ask yourself questions that actually point to what you need to be doing, now you have a much better chance of having a breakthrough. So instead of saying, why is this so hard? How can I make this easy? That's a question that can help you brainstorm some solutions, right? I'm asking, how can I make it easy? What are the things that will be feeling good? What are the things that are gonna make this not hard, right? So instead of asking, why is this so hard, which is really a dead-end question, how can I make it easy? Or instead of asking, why can't I stay motivated? You can ask yourself, what is the biggest benefit I'll gain by doing this? When you think about the biggest benefit that you're gonna gain, that's gonna motivate you. So it's a different way of asking the same question and finding the answer more easily. Another example of a very common question is, why is nothing working for me? Well, a better way, a higher value question for this is, what's one thing I can do today or what's one thing I can do right now 
to show up better than yesterday or to make this happen more easily? Or who is the person that I need support with? What are the actions that I need to take? Not tomorrow, not next week, not to lose 50 pounds. What do I need to do to lose one pound? Ask yourself simplified, more direct questions that are gonna help you point to the right answers and the right actions that you need to take to make true change. And then last but not least, I wanna talk about a few basics when it comes to eating behavior and to healthy behavior in general. The first one is keeping your own word. And this relates back to what we just talked about as far as mindset. If you have set a goal, if you said that you're gonna go to the gym, if you said that you're gonna prepare a meal tonight that's healthy, commit to doing it. If you said something, you got to keep your own word. You got to prove to yourself that you can follow through. So if you said you're going to do something, do it. It may not feel great. It may be the last thing that you want to do. But if you said you're going to do it, I highly encourage you to stay committed to your own word. Because when you establish that self-trust, and that's what it's going to do, it's going to help you trust yourself more. You're now going to feel like you're building on top of those habits, and it's going to become easier and more intuitive for you to do healthy behaviors because you've already gained trust, you're becoming more confident about what you do, and you're practicing, you're showing up for yourself. That's a very important part of getting healthy. The next behavior basic that I want to share with you is actually related to this and it's being consistent. So if you're showing up for yourself, if you are doing what you said you're going to do, keep being consistent with it. Keep showing up every single day. Keep doing the same things over and over and over again. That's how you see results. If you're jumping from one plan to another, if every day you're trying a new diet, a new food plan or whatever it may be, You're not consistent. You're constantly chasing the next shiny object and that's guaranteed to be the slowest way to see results. And this is why I'm saying you gotta start with the basics. And when you do the basics and you're consistent, you keep repeating them, you keep practicing them, you get better at them. That's when true change happens. That's where a true transformation occurs. So keep consistent, keep it simple, very basic, but do it over and over and over again. You can get fancy later, but don't start there. Start simple. Start small, but just do it over. Go for the marathon, not the sprint. Do it over and over every single day, even when you don't feel like it, even when it seems to not be working. That's what makes a difference between someone who takes weight off and keeps it off and the person who keeps struggling and keeps getting stuck. And the last but certainly not least basic that I'm going to share with you regarding behavior and is my absolute favorite is planning. When I'm talking about planning, I'm not necessarily talking about meal planning, although that's certainly a good way to go and many people do it well and it helps tremendously. I'm talking about planning in general, becoming a planner, becoming someone who thinks ahead, becoming someone who prepares for things like social situations, maybe meals that you're going to be eating outside the house, mapping out your snacks for a very long day, all of the little things that go into planning but are not necessarily related to preparing salad jars or freezing meals. Again, that's great if you're doing it, more power to you. But even if you're not quite there yet, even if you're not ready to do a Sunday prep, which by the way, I don't think is a good idea, I want you to think about how you can add planning into your week when it comes to food. What you're basically gonna be doing if you're planning is you're gonna prioritize healthy eating. You're gonna make sure that you're making the time 
to think about your food ahead of time. And that can go a long way. So I want you to think about planning in a deeper way. I want you to think about how you'll navigate certain situations, whether it's social or at home, or maybe even when you're by yourself and you're going to buy lunch on your lunch break. How are you going to navigate that better than you did before? Planning also relates back to appetite, right? So if you're planning your meals, you're more likely to stay ahead of your appetite. You're more likely to be in control of your hunger and that can really benefit you. So I want you to think about becoming a planner. I want you to think ahead about your meals. And next week, I'm actually gonna dive deeper into planning and tell you exactly how to benefit from planning and give you some examples of how my clients are planning ahead and what kind of things are working really well for them. So more on planning next week. For now, I'm gonna be wrapping up. That's all I have for you today. We talked about mastering the basics. I want you to get started with some of the things that we spoke about. You may only find two or three things that you're ready to implement right now, and that's perfectly fine. But make sure that you're not jumping ahead to fancy things, to strategies that are kind of like for later. They're kind of not necessary for you to see results right now. The basics are where I would start. I'd love to hear your feedback on today's episode. So again, you can find me on Instagram or via email, and I'll be sure to get back to you. And to wrap up, I just want to say that I really hope to see you on my brand new masterclass all about PCOS weight loss and what are the three expert secrets that I share with all of my clients. You can go to daphnachazen.com forward slash masterclass and reserve your spot there. I truly can't wait for this training. It's going to be amazing. All right, that's it for today. I'll see you here again next week. Bye for now.